now arriving. The Let's Talk Train Show. All Welcome to this week's Let's Talk Train Show. You're with the amazing Chris Ginsler, and I'm going to tell you all about our NRHS 2016 Denver Convention trip. We'll be right back after this. Okay, folks, welcome to the American Passenger Rail Heritage Foundation show of Let's Talk Trains. I'm the amazing Chris Skinsler. I know I haven't been here. I do one show a year about the NRHS convention, and this is going to be it today. So let's get started. This year's NRS convention was in Denver, Colorado. So first I had to make a choice on how to get there. Well, I decided to drive my Ford, Ford, Ford Focus. And the reason I did that was, number one, it would save costs on rent a car, it gets good gas mileage, and it's a big car for luggage. So then I decided who should come with me. Well, Elizabeth Alkire was going to be a car host, a bus host with me on most of the trips. So she was the first one I knew wanted to go. Robin Bowers was second. He had never been to Colorado to shoot to ride trains, so he was everything we would do would be brand new to him. And then Chris Parker decided to come along, but for the pre-convention stuff I did, and he would meet us in Denver later on. So on July 1st, you can follow along on my website at www.trainweb.org/chris, and just go down to that first day's trip and just follow along with me. So anyway, we I picked up Robin at his house in 920, and then we drove the carpool lane up to the basically the Interstate 15. So we took the 405 to the 55, to the 5 to the 57, to the 60. Had a, there's no carpool connection to the 15, so we had to get out of it quickly. And then we made our way over, over Cajon Pass and Victorville to Barstow. And then crossed the desert, went straight, basically, the Needles, where we had lunch at a Carl's Jr. After Carl's Jr., we then drove on to Kingman, and in Kingman Canyon, we caught up to BNSF train, which had the four units, one being a UP unit in it. So then we went into town. We found the Santa Fe 484-3769 in the park, and also shot the Kingman Depot. So as we were heading north on old US-66, we then came across another BNSF freight in the beginning of Kozer Canyon. And then we shot our other little train climbing through Kozer Canyon. So we had our two trains there. So then we drove US-66 over to Peach Springs and then on over to Seligman, drove to Ash Fork, and then we drove north out of Ash Fork and found a way to get to the tracks at the Corkton Cutoff. We immediately had an eastbound train when we were there, so that was really kind of cool. Then we had a long westbound grain train, 
which had DPUs in the middle of it and on the back of it. And then he got passed by a stack train right in front of us. So that was really kind of cool. We went back down into Ash Fork, found the Ash Fork station. Then we drove on over the 25 miles to Williams, where we found the old uh, Grand Canyon SPNS at 282-539 on display at the depot. From there, we stopped at Maine. Well, we got dinner again in Flagstaff, I mean in Williams, and we went to Maine, caught the tail end of a train there. Then we drove on into um, Flagstaff, drove north of town to the museum there where they have the Southwest Lumber 2662 number 12, drove back into town, found the Southwest Lumber 280 number 25, Shot the old depot and the Amtrak depot, and then we went to the Snow Peak Inn for the night. So that was day one. Just a day to get us in position to do some other things, okay? So the next morning we got up, it was pouring down rain, which is never a good thing. So we headed out, and the rain kind of let up when we got the two guns. And then from two guns, I drove on what I could just call rocks to the canyon diablo bridge where we first had a westbound train cross it then we had a really nice eastbound train cross it we knew amtrak was running late and we knew that normal fells tioga pass was on the back of the train so i called julie and found out basically what time it had left flagstaff and so we decided we would wait for it so we then had a freight train come west across the bridge, and as he was doing that, here came our Amtrak train across. And of course, it had the over, it had the Tioga Pass on the back of it, and so we got some really good pictures. Now, getting into this place, it was slow and steady, and getting out, it had to be extra slow and steady. But we got back to the paved roads, and Robin. At this point, I asked Robin, had he ever been to the Meteor Crater? And he said no, and I hadn't been there since I was a little kid. So we went to the Meteor Crater and saw the Meteor Crater and shot the pictures of that. From there, we drove into Winslow and got a picture. Well, first we got a freight train leaving Winslow going west, and then we got another stack train leaving Winslow going west. So that was kind of really cool. And then we went into town for the Standing on the Corner in Winslow, Arizona statue, you know, the Eagle song. And after that, we went to the La Posada Hotel, and we looked around there, shot pictures of it. So that's in the story for you for that day. And then from there, we went to, um, oh, we found the uh, passenger cars there, there's a Loxley car. Another passenger car, and then the Plaza de Lamy from the Santa Fe Southern train is now in Winslow. From there, we drove to Holbrook, and uh, in Holbrook, we shot the uh, two Santa Fe stations, the passenger station and the freight station. From there, it was another one of these, hey, Robin, you ever been to the Painted Desert? And he says, well, no. So we drove to the, you know, guard gate to get in, and then the lady saw Robin, and he, she goes, are you 65? And he said, oh, yeah. 
and I'm a veteran. She goes, well, for $10, you can get a lifetime pass that gets you into all the parks for free. So he bought his pass, and then we drove into the Painted Desert, and we stopped at all the viewpoints, and you can see that in the story. It's a very beautiful place. You can see where Walt Disney got his ideas for his... uh, you know, train ride at Disneyland with the Grand Canyon and the Painted Desert and all that. Absolutely incredible place with the colors and everything. Once we got done there, we decided, well, on the way back, we could always go to the Petrified Forest now that we have the, you know, pass. And Robin had said, oh, that'd be a good idea. So we just would bypass this and head straight to the Petrified Forest on the way back. So from there, we went to Gallup. And uh, found a Defiance Co. 040T, number two on display there. Now, from here, we were driving to Farmington. And, of course, you have to go through all those um, along that highway. It's the old U.S. 666, which they no longer use that title because of, you know, the connotations to the devil and everything. So we, you know, saw Shiprock, and we saw the cathedral, and we saw Table Mesa, and we saw all the other volcanic plugs they have out there. And then we spent the night in Farmington at the, uh, oh boy, what's the name of it? Yeah, here we go, the Roadway Inn, which was a very nice place to stay in Farmington. So the next morning we got up and we drove to Durango. And this was the day we were going to chase the Durango in Silverton, something I've always wanted to do, but never got around to doing it. So what we then did was uh, went to 32nd Street and waited for it, and that was a kind of tight shot, but it was our first trip. And then we just got on the highway and followed it north. So we got three more shots of it along the highway, got a shot of it at Tacoma, and then not wanting to shot off the highway bridge, I found a grade crossing just to the east of it, and we to the north of it, and we went there, and we shot our pictures there and got a really nice shot. In fact, that's the cover of my calendar for next year. So we did very good chasing it. So let me just click through that. Our next place we went to, we drove the Million Dollar Highway up to Silverton and over to Orway, Orway, and then went to Ridgeway to the Galloping Goose Museum there. And they have a bunch of passenger cars, some passenger cars under restoration. They have some narrow-gauge freight cars, and they have their replica Galloping Goose number... One, I believe. So from there, we drove up to Montrose. And east of Montrose, we found that uh, Union Pacific car that was used in uh, Butch and Cassidy's uh, movie. You know, when the guy wouldn't open it, so they blew it up. If you remember that movie. So from there, we're going to go to the... We went to Cinnamon. Cinnamon. I hate that name. It's one of those few names I have extreme trouble with. But anyway, we went to there, and we first saw, found the tool car and a couple start cars. When we met the guy who had the keys. So what we did, though, we went down with him 
after he put his laundry in, he met us out at the gate to the city yard, and in there we found Rio Grande, um, uh, let's see, it's here, 278. 278, which is a 280, and that's the one that used to be on the bridge in the Gunnison River Gorge, and it's being restored there. It's already been restored. The two passenger, the two freight, the boxcar and the caboose needs about a half a million dollars more work before they can put it all back up onto that bridge, so we got it there. We then drove over to Gunnison and found in Pioneer Park the Rio Grande Bumblebee painted 268, which is a 260. And then we drove through our first Colorado thunderstorm on the way back, and that was a lot, lot of rain and a lot of interesting driving conditions. We went to Montrose to the depot in Montrose, and then made our way back down to Ridgeway and then followed the old right-of-way grade of the Rio Grande Southern all the way to Dolores, where we then found the Galloping Goose, number five, and the replica Rio Grande station, before we stayed at the Dolores Mountain Inn for the night. Now, if you ever go to ride the Silverton, and you want to save yourself a lot of money, stay in Dolores. Don't pay the high prices if you don't have to in, uh, what do you call it, Durango. And it's about a 40-minute drive back over the next morning, so give yourself plenty of time. So the next morning, we rode the Durango and Silverton on the 4th of July. And uh, Robin had never been on it, so... You know, it was really neat for him to finally get on it. And uh, I think I was making my third trip on it. And uh, we rode in the open car, and, you know, you can see all the beauty of that railroad. It's pretty incredible in those stories, in the story. And got a good shot of the train on the High Line, as usual, and up through the canyons and by everything else in there. And then, you know, you look up and you see the mountain peaks, which a lot of people never see because they're just so focused on the train and the river. So you got always people, you always got to look up and look down when you're on trips. And um, just had a really nice trip to Silverton. Now, we get up there, it's 4th of July, and unfortunately... All the restaurants are packed because they do a big fireworks show in in Silverton on the 4th of July. So that meant we couldn't get lunch, and that was okay with me. And, and Robin finally went and found some lunch later on. So we went down and we looked through all the, the Silverton Railroad Museum stuff and found the uh, Silverton Northern Caboose. And then we want, I got to see the trains go down to Y and come back and you know that's always fun to get some shots of these trains coming into the st- by the old station there and then um, after that we got back on the train and then probably one of the best shots I've shot when we came back to the high line I opened up the you know wide angle and I got the shot of the train on the high line and the river down below that's in next year's calendar, too, so I did fairly well there.
So we got back to Durango, and then we went up to the Los Animas um, live steamers place. And this guy, this is on the property of an ex-Santa Fe special agent. And so he has some real neat stuff there. He built a little depot he calls the Whoville Depot. And when you go into the depot, you figure out why, because in the telephone booth, you have the Grinch. But he has a bunch of stuff he's collected in there. Outside, he has a Santa Fe caboose. He has a semi-force signal, and he has a working wigwag. And we had a nice talk with him. It turned out he was in my area when I was growing up. And, you know, I never met him because I, you know, never did anything bad. But uh, it was a real neat day. So we're going to do a, uh, we can do two, three more minutes there, I think. So that was, so after that, we went to Burger King for a quick snack, and then we went by Chimney Rock, and we stayed over in Pagosa Springs, because Pagosa Springs is a lot cheaper than Durango, and that put us in position for the next day. So the next day, we got up, and we drove straight to Chama. Well, I decided to do something that I don't think anybody else has done in recent history, and that is to shoot all the equipment in the yard. Well, that meant walking through the yard, so, okay, and they'll allow you to do that there as long as you're safe. And so I'm walking, you know, along shooting all my pictures and, I get, you know, by, by the engine house and go down behind the engine house and then come around and shoot the snow, you know, snow plow and then start shooting all the cars. I get down to the south end and I find a couple deer. And, you know, they see me. I'm clicking my pictures. They leave me alone, but then I get kind of closer, so they spook them and they go down into the river. So I came back around the last car and I'm shooting more you know, gondola cars at this point. And I come here, and here are a couple more big deer. And they're looking at me, and I'm just still taking my pictures. I click one of them, and then they run across, and I'm going, oh, so that's all they get across. They jump across the coupler. Okay, that's kind of cool. So I shot everything in the Chama yard. And it, you know, ended up being a, kind of a different type of story for me to show you, but I did it. And then uh, from there, we, um, Robin and I went to the Jukes Tree. And at the Jukes Tree, we started our chase up Cumbrous Pass. So this train had a K47, uh, 487 on it. So we got him at the Jukes Tree, and then we got back into the car, and Got him about a mile and a half past the Jukes tree as he starts into the Narrows. We got him at the Narrows and then crossing by Weed City. We got him off of the highway as he crosses there. Then above um, the uh, uh, Forest Service Road, we shot him there. Then we got him again at the Highway 17, first grade, second grade crossing there then we shot a couple pictures of him off the highway looking down then we were hiked into Cresco and got him there then we got back to the third railroad crossing and shot him there from there we then got him coming into Cumbrus 
And then after that, we drove down to the spot where we could see it leaving Cumbress, coming into the Tanglefoot Curve, coming out of the Tanglefoot Curve, and then watch it come all the way down the valley as it drifted down the valley. So as the chase went, it was a really easy chase and uh, got some really nice pictures of it. So I was really happy. I always wanted to do that one, too. So that one's done off of my list. From there, we went to Antonito and shot all the equipment in the yard there. Then we shot the Antonito Rio Grande station, went to La Laja and shot it, shot the Alamosa depot. Went into Alamosa and we found the F units of the Minnesota Zephyr, both of them. Found a B unit from CN and then found the Carolina Southern E unit. Then after we had lunch at a KFC to go to Monta Vista and Del Norte, and then ended up at South Fork. At South Fork, we found the equipment of the Denver and Rio Grande Western Railroad, and unfortunately, they had lost that somebody. They had sold the tracks, and they were waiting to get the new owners to let them operate on it. So we shot their equipment. And then back along the highway, we found a Seaboard Coastline Observation car number 6401, white sat, satin, a bridge tens, 44 tonner number one, and Santa Fe business car number 30. So that was kind of weird to find that. And then after that, we then went to um, up to Saluda, where first we found the Coppers Company 040T number 40, and then we checked into the. Wait for it. I'll find it. Gotta find where I'm going here. Well, just to stay in Saluda. It was an American classic inn, and we stayed there for the night. So, folks, I'm going to take the first break of the morning, and we'll be back here in about 48 seconds. Join us and help us make the American Passenger Rail Heritage Foundation better than ever. Your membership will help us further enhance our exhibits and attractions in north-central Missouri, including the Let's Talk Train Show. Our goal is to set up a museum dedicated to passenger rail history, including Amtrak, located in La Plata, Missouri. Memberships and contributions from friends like you will help us achieve this goal. For more information about the American Passenger Rail Heritage Foundation, membership, and opportunities available, visit our website, www.aprhf.org. Okay, folks, welcome back to the American Passenger Trail Heritage Foundation Show or the Let's Talk Train Show. I'm the amazing Chris Gensler, and we're going to continue with the NRHS trip. So we left Saluda the next morning, went up to Buena Vista for the Colorado Midland train station and a caboose, which on the one side says Colorado Midland, but if you go around the back, it says CB&Q still. So from there, we drove to Breckenridge and went to the Highline Railroad Park. And there we found the rotary snowplow, number one, 
dressed up as Denver, South Park, and Gunnison, but it's really, you know, White Pass and Yukon. And then we there's a boxcar, a caboose there, too. And then there's Colorado and Southern Number 9, the steam engine, and it's under a nice protective cover to keep it out of the snow they have there. From there, we drove back down to Fair Play and went to South Park City. And in South Park City, they have an old town, and then they have a steam engine that they got from Central America, I, I believe, on display here with some boxcar, stock car, and a caboose, and there's a fake water tower and everything else. But it was a real neat place to go walk around and visit. You pay 10 bucks, and the place is yours, and... Uh, uh, it was a nice place, you know. I went to into the Alma Mine, which is a fake mine, and then went to the stamp mill and then walked through some of the buildings, and it was good history. From there, we drove down to Cripple Creek, where we caught the number two steam engine leaving Cripple Creek, and then on the Y track is the number th- three engine, I believe it's number three. Yeah, it is number three on that. So that was cool. From there, we drove down to the Royal Gorge Park where we saw the Rio Grande 499 above, which had been the back of a tender had been burned. And, of course, the way to get down to the bottom of the canyon had been burned by that fire they had there a couple of years ago. But you people know me well enough. If I'm going on that bridge, I'm going to shoot a train off of that bridge. And I timed it to get the 1230 Royal Gorge train to be going through the gorge below me. So we got some very nice shots of it going through the gorge and across the hanging bridge and by the old station down there. And that was just something I always wanted to get a train in the gorge from above because I knew in a couple weeks I'd be riding through the gorge again. So that was cool. From there, we went to the Pueblo Railroad Museum. And this time, we went to the shops, so we got to see maglevs and uh, a lot of experimental things they had collected, plus, you know, all three of the uh, Colorado and Wyoming surviving GP9s, plus all their equipment. So that was kind of a neat thing. And plus a bunch of the steam engines that's on display at their main railroad museum parts that have been freshly painted to put back on it. So like the drivers and all that. So that was really kind of cool. So from there we found a uh, joint line. We went drove by the joint line and we found a train. So we got off at Pinion and caught it. And then it dawned on me, hey, this was Robin's first train he's ever shot on the joint line. So he got a good picture of that himself. And then from there we went into Colorado Springs. The first stop was at the old Santa Fe Station, which was the Colorado Division Point headquarters building. So it's a big building, and it took multi-pictures to get it all into a series of pictures to shoot it. Right next to that is the Colorado and Southern Santa Fe Freight House. And outside of that are three boxcars belonging to something called the EOS. So from there, we drove down to the Rio Grande Station. 
which was also used by the Rock Island. And for a little while, even the Missouri Pacific used it. And then from there, we drove to the Broadmoor Hotel. And in front of their event center, we found the Manitou and Pikes Peak Number 5. And then we drove from there through the horrible Denver traffic all the way to the... Let's see, where did we end up stay there? We stayed in uh, the La Quinta Inn in Denver and got a good night's sleep. So the next morning we got up, you know, got the sleep in, which is always a good thing on some of these trips occasionally. And then we went to the Phony Museum, and I had always wanted to go to this museum, so I made the point to spend some, spend about an hour here and in here they have the phone phony engine. They have the UP Big Boy number four thousand and five. So I have now shot all the UP Big Boys, surviving Big Boys. They have a rotary snowplow. They have a UP crane. They have another steam engine. They have a you know circus observation car. They have a sleeping car. They have a dining car. They also have a trolley, number 77, and they have a cable car, plus all the cars and the bicycles and the motorcycles. and Just kind of like that Coaland Museum, just an incredible place. So if you're ever in Denver, spend some time at the Phony Museum. Okay, from there, we drove up, drove to uh, Fort Morgan for uh, one of the three Great Western little tank engines we were going to shoot this trip and he was at the power plant for the city out in front of it and then the weird weird thing kind of happened we're driving down because i wanted a picture of the fort morgan station and as we're getting almost the tracks the gates go down and it's like okay what could this be so i get down there there and here comes the Amtrak train so I made a quick ride and then we found a road that took us across and after he did a stop here came the Amtrak train with the heritage unit number 156 as the second unit with the view line baggage car behind him and he was running like five hours and 25 minutes late so you know being in the right place at the right time kind of pays off every once in a while so after we shot the uh, steam engine, I mean st- shot the Amtrak train and then shot the depot, we headed to Sterling where we found our second Great Western tank engine on display. And there we also found the Sterling Station, UP stations. And that was one I did not know had been moved across the street to where it was. So that was really kind of cool. And then from there we went to Oved, and we found this one lettered for Great Western. And it's actually lettered in number, and this is the number nine. So we stopped at a rest area and shot the Pony Express guy on the horse statue. And then we drove into North Platte and went to Cody Park. Well, Cody Park, you know, has the UP Challenger 3977. And it also has the big boy, I mean the uh, DD40-6922 plus the Hershey Depot plus a baggage car, display car, plus a RPO car, a caboose, and a box car. And we shot it from every possible angle. angle. 
Then once we got done at there, we drove to Memorial Park, where there's the 480 UP steam engine, and that's a 2240 480. And then we shot went along the tracks and we found a uh, grain switching GP9 and that led us to the Golden Spike Tower and you know they knew I was coming so we got in for they comped and like the phony museum they comped, everybody comps me when I do these trips because I'm writing stories so it keeps my costs way down and I make sure Robin gets comped too so we went up into the seventh floor observation room and shot a one three sixty degrees all the way around it and seeing that yard from up there, oh it's an incredible yard and there's always something moving and you know, I watched the train get completely crested while we were up there and no, it was just a good time. And then after that, we went up to the eighth floor enclosed area and, you know, took a look at things up there. They have some more display things up there. Then we came back down, and from there, we went to Applebee's for dinner, and we went to the America Best Value Inn for that night. So that was kind of a neat little evening. All right, we're rocking and rolling here, people, so we're doing good. Okay, the next day was my day to do something else I always wanted, and that was to follow the UP, basically, from North Platte to Laramie. And as we did that, we first shot a depot in Spalding, and then in Lodgepole, we found the FEC switcher, number 7588 and then we started there was a train stopped east of Lodgepole well Lodgepole you know you have a grain, old style grain elevator so I shot that then we shot the Lodgepole depot and there was a caboose so we start driving west of Lodgepole and we see a train coming east so we turn back around get to the crossing and as we're in the crossing, here comes the east-westbound train. So I get the east-westbound train coming by a grain elevator and then going by one of the new taller grain elevators, the concrete one. So that was kind of cool. And then we went out west and shot this next that train that was following him there. Then we shot, there was another train stopped, so we shot him. So now it's trains, trains, and more trains along the overland route. We drove a little bit further and found another train with some pretty flowers out in front of it. Then we found another train as we got to Sydney, and another westbound came there. Then we found another train, and we backtracked to the scenic spot with a little butte behind it. So that came out to be a real nice shot. And then the local train we had passed came by him at the same time. So then we got down further and we got another train crossing a little bridge. And that was kind of nice. And then we got a big another train crossing a big culvert. Mm-hmm. Then we caught another westbound train before we got to where we were going. We stopped at an A&W for lunch, and then from there we went to Archer Hill, just east of Cheyenne, and had one westbound train. 
which was kind of nice because the last time I was at Archer Hill, we only had eastbound, so I finally got my westbound train at Archer Hill. From Archer Hill, we drove into Cheyenne and found the French Mercy car on display. So we shot that. Then we shot the UP Big Boy 4004 in Holiday Park. From Holiday Park, we went to the deep, found a place to park, and shot the Cheyenne Depot. And then walked out onto the bridge and saw the 844's tender inside the steam shop. And then as I came back across the bridge, here was the DD-40, 6936, with an auxiliary tender. Well, that to me kind of meant like, hmm, are they going to run their test train tomorrow? Well, I put it up on train orders, and of course I was completely wrong, and people let me know it, but that's okay. You can't always be perfect, so... Then from there, we stopped by the Trinity. We went by the BNSF Cheyenne Yard, and then there was, a, you know, the old passenger depot still there and being used. And then there's also a picture of a CP unit on the front of a train. So, you know, some things you find. We went north and found the UP 2243 on display in the park. Then we went back down to US 30 where we found a UP train with a CSX unit about to go under a train crossing over it on the Colorado and Southern. And that was a coal train. And then we drove out the old highway to Granite and then got on 80 and went through another thunderstorm. Seems like every afternoon around here you have a thunderstorm that you have to drive through. And that one was pretty bad, and we made our way out to the Ames Monument and shot the Ames Monument in some light with the storm clouds behind it. And then from there, we drove over to Tie Siding and saw a train leaving us, and then we went into Laramie for the depot, and by this point, I needed new windshield wipers. So they were having some kind of festival in their town. And there was no place to park, so when I went to the auto parts store, Napa Auto Parts store, I asked the guy, you know, can I just park it here after we put the wipers on? And he said, yeah, sure. What do you want to do? I go, I just want to go over and shoot the, you know, depot and then the steam train consist over there. And he goes, oh, yeah, sure, not a problem. So he put the new wipers on, and that really helped. And then uh, we drove, we drove to the Motel 8 for that night's dinner, for that night's stay. So it was a good day. Lots of trains and a good day. Okay, the next day we're going to do something I always had wanted to do, but we have to get there first. So first we had to cross Sherman Hill, and as we get back to Granite, there's a UP eastbound train with a CSX unit on it. So we shot him. We went by the UP in Cheyenne, and the 844 was still in its shop, so no break-in run for it today. And then we went to the Greeley Depot, and of course the Greeley Depot and I have a bonding concept here because it was the last Dodge trip train that I had ridden. Okay, I think I have Elizabeth on the line. Good morning, Elizabeth. 
Good morning, Chris. How are you? Yeah, I'm still not ready for you yet. Oh, okay. So I'll put you back on when I'm ready, okay? Sounds good. Okay, thanks. Okay, I think that's how you mute somebody. It's been a while since I did this. Okay, so anyway, there's a story on the website called Go East to Greeley, Chris, and that was when I went to Greeley for Thanksgiving one year. It was really a neat trip. So we went to Greeley, and then we went down to LaSalle, and the LaSalle Depot has been moved, and it's now the Senior Center. We went from there to Windsor, where you have the CSX Boxcar 13797, a Great Western caboose and a Great Western station in Windsor. From Windsor, we went up to Fort Collins, where we found the Fort Collins UP station, now Brazilian Steakhouse, and the CSX Freight House is part of their bus thing. And then we went to the Fort Collins streetcar. We were told to be there at 11. We got there right at 11. We parked over at the baseball stadium. And then we met the guy, and he was really nice, and he, you know, he told us we could ride with him the whole route. So we got to ride from the car house down to the junction, then over to the park. And I documented all that like I like to do. And the Fort Collins streetcar, it was just a, such a enjoyable ride. So from there, we after that, we drove to the Terry Bison Ranch. And we checked in, and we got our cabin, and we got on the 430 Bison train ride. And so Robin took a nap. I worked on my stories, and then about 410, I got him up, and we walked over, and we got on the Bison train ride. So this, what this train does, it takes you all the way around part of their property. And so you get to see the horses. You get to see the ostriches, the camels, the and there was a baby camel there too. And uh what other and odd animals did they have? Anyway, so you do that, you make a tight turn now you're going, Why do you have a tight turn if you have all this land? But they say they have a tight turn, so we slowly went around it. And then we went by the a buffalo monument that has the thing called peace. We went by the grave of the biggest buffalo they ever had there. And then we got over to where, and you see all their other equipment out in the field on the track. So we'll get pic- we got pictures of some of that there and then later on. But then we got up to the highlight of the trip where you come into this field and by this time, all the buffalo had moved over except for one. He's there sitting, and he's happily waiting. And then you're going, well, how do they get the buffalo over to the train? Well, a few minutes later, here comes out a guy on a quad cycle, and he kind of stampedes them all over to the train. So you got to see, get to kind of see the buffalo stampede by you, and uh, really kind of cool. So, um, okay, I'm scheduled to take a break here, I think, but I'm going to finish this story. 
So anyway, so he gets them over to us, and then people have brought bought stuff to feed the buffalo. So he gets to know these buffaloes and bisons up close and personal, and he starts naming them like Shaggy and other things. And then after everybody has a good, gets a lots of pictures of them, we then cross into Colorado, and then cross back into Wyoming, and then we get out, went by where the horses are kept for the riders, and finished our trip. So it was a nice trip. And then we went to the dinner place they have on the ranch, and Robin actually had bison ribs, and I had a really good sirloin steak, so I was happy. And with that, we shall do this break number three. This is the Association of American Railroads Audio Service with a report on the way the nation's freight railroads are building for the future. As the economy grows, so does the need to move raw materials, industrial products, and consumer goods. The vital link in that chain is provided by the nation's freight railroads. And they've taken a look ahead and determined they need to invest more than $160 billion over the next 20 years to carry their share of the load. That's in addition to the more than $200 billion it will cost to maintain the system. The good news is that railroads are already investing record sums, more than $6.6 billion, or almost 20% of revenues in 1999. That's a higher percentage of revenues put into capital improvements than any other industry in America. Railroad officials think they'll be able to increase those investments, thanks to the Staggers Rail Act of 1980, which freed them to compete in the market against each other and against trucks and barges. They say that law has already resulted in improved productivity, lower prices to customers, and more investment. Building on that, railroads are confident they will be able to keep up with the economy's need for even more freight transportation in the future. For the Association of American Railroads, this is Tom White in Washington. Okay, folks. Donner Rails brings you exclusive railroad action entertainment, giving viewers the best seat in the house as they ride with crews of expedited freight trains over the Sierra Nevada. Check out some of our hot new titles on DVD, like Cab Ride Over Donner Pass. That's good, 97 stop and stretch. See how train concepts are constructed in the famed Roseville Rail Yard. Then climb aboard an EMD SD-60 freight heading east over the mighty Sierra Nevada. When severe winter storms hit the Sierra Nevadas, dumping up to 35 feet of snow, look out. Here comes the flanger. Every time you go up and you're on that flanger and you can't see the end of the engine, it will raise the hair on the back of your neck. Catch a ride with the Flanders Night Crew in Winter Rails Over Donner. See many other titles by visiting our website at www.donnerrails.com. Okay, folks, welcome back to the uh, American Passenger Rail Heritage Foundation's Let's Talk Train Show. Okay, so the next morning we left the Terry Bison Ranch, and we first went to Hudson where we caught the seven-day-a-week tank car train. They run from Denver to Hudson where there's a big facility in Hudson for them. And then from there, we drove over to Spalding, no, Strasburg. Strasburg, where there's a UP depot and a caboose at the depot site. And then uh, Strasburg, historically, was the connecting where the Kansas and Pacific was completed. So a little bit of 
know, railroad history for you there. Then this town has a bunch of stuff. They have like four passenger cars in it. They have a Great Western steam engine in it, number 20. And then they have the PS, PFE switcher 1548 that used to be in Tucson. So I had a big time there in uh, Strasburg. From there we went to Lyman and shot the Lyman, shot the depot, shot the, where the tracks used to go to Colorado Springs, shot all their equipment they had there. From there we went to Hugo where they're restoring the roundhouse. And they also have a USA caboose. They have a, a Pacific Fruit Express box reefer car, and they have a flat car there. And then in town, they actually have the old Hugo station. From there, we went east to Kit Carson and shot the Kit Carson station. They have a caboose there and across the street, besides having a bathroom, which I desperately needed at that time, they have more railroad equipment. From there, we went down to Eads, Colorado, and saw the tracks where the Colorado Eagle once trotted. And then we went down to uh, Lamar, where we shot the Santa Fe 1819 steam engine, the propeller blade that makes it impossible to see the train from the Amtrak, and the depot. At this point, we then washed the car in the most modern car wash I'd ever seen. It was totally automatic, and it did the best job I've ever seen a car wash do. Now, by this time, it was 103 degrees here in Lamar. So we're going over to Los Animas next, and we get over to there. It's 105, hmm, so that's not doing too good. And then from there, we caught a freight train going east, coal train going east, directional running. Then we got over to La, Mo to La Junta. It was 107. So we shot the Santa Fe, the Amtrak Depot. We shot the Caboose. Went to Carl's Jr. for an early dinner. And then shot the Santa Fe 262-1024. And then when we were going over to shoot it, I found another railroad display, which has a USA Army engine on it and a couple boxcars and a semi-four signal. So La Junta has more than you think, people. From there, we went out to uh, Delhi for the only surviving wigwag in the state of Colorado. Then we went to Rocky Ford, where we first caught a train. Then we shot the Rocky Ford Depot, shot the Manzanillo Depot, shot the Fallow Depot, and shot the Boone Depot. Got over by uh, Pueblo, and we caught a train with the orange sky behind it, orange sun behind it, as there was a fire. And then I actually show you where the fire was starting from, so... We had two big fires burning on that day, so that was that day. So the next morning, we stayed at the Ramada Inn that night. The next morning, we got up, went to the tiny, tiny town and railroad, and was those people had us there at 9 o'clock, and they were the nicest people. The guy let me ride on the tender of the engine as we went back to pick up the train. Then we came back to the depot. Then I shot all the buildings, and this place was totally incre incredible. 
It's in Morrison, Colorado, west of Denver, up in the foothills. If you have a family, it's a neat place to bring your family. Like I said, they have all the buildings here, and it was just an exceptional place. So from there, tiny town, we drove to uh, Central City for the Colorado and Southern Number 71 and the uh, express car that's behind it in front of a casino. Then we went to Blackhawk for the depot. And then for our steam engine in Blackhawk, another one of the Central American engines. And then we went to the Georgetown Loop. Well, the first thing I did for Robin, I got him a picture of the train going across the Georgetown Loop and the Devil's Gate Bridge. And then we went up to Silver Plume. And after we got our tickets, went to their museum, and then we rode the train. And I did that so Robin could get the experience of riding the train without the NRHS members crowding us. And it was a neat experience for him. So that was really nice, and he enjoyed it. So then the net, we spent the night in Westminster that night at the... Westminster Super 8. So the next morning, Chris Parker was in. So to be in position, we went out to the Denver airport, but stopped short of it at a road where we could park, just pull off and shoot the A-line trains going to and from the airport. And then from once we got Chris, we made the mistake of getting on the toll road where there are no signs saying you can't pay cash on it. And I called it, called those people up about it. But then we took I-25 up to Cheyenne where we showed Chris everything in Cheyenne we had shot. And then we went up to Douglas, to the Douglas Railroad Museum in the old Chicago Northwestern Depot, which I was once in with Bill, and I got a C&W timetable from in there. But it has changed just a little bit. It's now a railroad museum. They have a giant jackalope in front of it. They have a real nice steam engine. The Burlington, I can't read the number, but they have that. They have an Empire Builder sleeper. They have a dining car with the actual china on the tables. And just a real neat place. Now, what's neat about this town is both, the freight houses still stand, and both the passenger stations still stand. In fact, the passenger station is where we had dinner that night. So that night we stayed at the Super 8. So we're collecting Super 8 depots here. Okay, that's that for that page. So the next day we went up into the Powder River Basin and just shot trains. And... It's my third trip up there. Went to a bunch of new spots and just had a good time with that. Took the guys to the mining museum in Gillette. So they liked that. So then we went up to the um, uh, Devil's Tower. And Robin's little thing he got before got us into there for nothing. So we shot the tower, and then we went to Newcastle for the night and shot the depot in Newcastle. So that was that day. The next morning we got up, we went into Custer for the caboose, and this town has bison all over it, advertising, kind of like Toronto did with the mooses. 
And um, then we went to buy Crazy Horse and shot that. And then we got up to Hill City. I immediately shot all the equipment of the South Dakota Railroad Museum. And from there we went to... Uh, let me get to where I'm going here. i got to get past all the Powder River Basin pictures. Oh, by the way, in... Uh, Donkey Creek, there is a line of about a mile long on the south side of the yard and two more on the north side of the yard of engines stored due to the downturn in coal business, although you would have never known it from all the trains we saw. Okay, so and so we got done at the South Dakota Railroad Museum. I picked up the tickets for the trip. And then... Um, you know, I shot the number seven steam engine, and then I figured there has to be a way to get over to the 110. And then I found my way to get over to the 110. And then, of course, we uh, shot the 110 coming out and moving. Then the engineer got out to throw the switch. I asked him, is there any way I could get a picture of the other steam engine over at the shop? And he said, yeah, just go over there and ask for Terry. So we walked down and asked for Terry, and Terry said, yeah, shoot, shoot everything you want. And then he's going, okay, cool. So while we're doing this, you know, I know the train, the diesel train from Hill Sit from Keystone is going to come back. So I got to get them back over to the side so we can shoot it. So we shoot it, and then we get in the very last of the line, line to get on the train. And then it's like, okay, we get the train comes in, so I shoot everything, and we get on the train. The one tens on the train, and we take off, and it pulls the train on over to Keystone. Well, when we get over the Keystone, you know, it cuts off, runs around the train like it normally does, and then all of a sudden it cuts back off and comes back around the train, and they announce that it's got air brake problems and that they're calling the diesel from um, Hill City to come back and rescue the train. So Chris went and got some food. Robin and I stayed on the train and enjoyed the passengers' company. So we then got pulled by the diesel and pulled the steam engine back to, you know, where we're started from in Hill City. And then the crew apologized personally to me, saying this is the first time this has ever happened in all the years they had been there. And I said, well, it's fine. You know, I like diesels. I like GP9s. GP9s are cool. So from there, we... We're going to chase the steam engine back, but it kind of worked out better that we did. So we went to the Storybook Park in Rapid City where they have a steam engine, and they have a, um air-powered steam engine there. It's really kind of a neat little thing. Then from there, we went over to the Milwaukee Road Freight House, and then we went to the... Okay... I'm going to finish up this day, and then we'll do the half an hour, and then we'll get Elizabeth on with us in just a second. So we caught a Rapid City and Pierre and Eastern train getting ready to go, and then we shot two more of their engines, and then we drove down to Dakota Junction when we caught the North Nebraska Northwestern 303 SD7. And then from there we drove to the Ponderosa Ranch. Now, at the Ponderosa Ranch, we paid our 
fees to stay there. And then she gave me a map, and she said, drive down to the lake. And when you get to the lake, park, and then walk up to the picnic table. And just stay off of the tracks, and you'll be fine. So that was the plan for the next day. So we're going to do our little intro two here, and here we go with that. Now arriving, the Let's Talk Train Show. All Okay, folks, welcome back to the American Passenger Rail Heritage presentation of the Let's Talk Train Show. Come on, work. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning, Chris. Okay, I'm just going to finish up with the day before we picked you up, okay? Then we'll get, get you in here. Okay, thanks. So anyway, the next morning I drove that drove the road. We closed all the gates behind us, and, okay, well, no lake. Hmm. All right, so I go up this I come to this hill, and it's a really sandy hill, so I just gun it up the hill, and I come up, and I look to the left, and here's the picnic table. I'm going, okay. So I turn the car around so I can get go back down later, and then we get up here, and the first train we get is a coal train from the east, so we get our pictures of it. And what's really interesting about this picnic table is you, you know, walk away from it to get your shots. You can get the helper engines and the lead units in the same picture because it's a giant horseshoe before it goes around Breezy Point. And so we had like seven or eight train movements there. It was a great morning of shooting some trains on from that spot, and we really all enjoyed it. So then after that, we then rested a while. I did the story, and then about one thirty, we drove on. First, we stopped at Belmont, where we immediately caught, caught a train. And, uh, you know, Crawford Hill is a lot of fun to visit. And uh, at Belmont, we caught the train. And then, of course, you take the access road, and you go through the only railroad tunnel in the state of Nebraska. So we did that, and then we caught another train before we made it into Alliance, where there is a CBQ 719 steam engine on display, and then also in Alliance is Carhenge, and Carhenge had expanded mightily since I had last been there, and there was a lot more to see, so that was kind of cool. We went back to heading back. We caught up to another train. And then by taking Belmont Road south, it got us back to the bridge at Belmont, and we caught him there. So that was really kind of cool. And it had some of two Grinstein units on both ends of it, so that was kind of neat. And then we went, drove into Crawford, and we had the um, 
BNSF caboose painted on display. And then we caught a North Fork and Southern lead coal train. And two of the units that we had shot light over Crawford Hill was on the back of that train pushing it. So you actually had four North Fork and Southern units and then the two BNSF units. We went for dinner on that night, and then we went back to the Ponderosa Ranch. Spent our last night there. Next morning, we drove down to Scotts Bluff. Scotts Bluff shot the BNSF uh, CB&Q depot there. Shot the UP steam engine 423 on display there. We shot a caboose, shot Scotts Bluff. Then we drove down to Fort Morgan. So Chris could shoot the steam engine, and then after the, a phone call that Elizabeth had arrived, we drove straight down to Denver Union Station and picked you up. Yes, you did. So you had a good flight from Seattle, huh? Yes, except that I had to get up at the awfully earlier hour of about 3.30 in the morning to get my 5.45 flight, but I managed, slept on the plane, very simple, easy flight, and then once I'd got my luggage, had my first um, encounter, shall we say, um, with the commuter line, the A-line, which is the new line that goes from Denver Airport into Union Station. So yeah, the I one I that. shot waiting for Chris, so I had seen it. I have yet ridden it. So right. that's so why you actually, beat me I, to bay. bay yes, I did, by a few days. So, from there, we picked up Elizabeth, and we drove over to the REI store, and we parked in the basement. And then we walked up, and, of course, then we, you and I walked over and got this real nice spot where we saw the Denver trolley, the Platte Valley trolley coming. And then we got on it. I bought you your ticket so you could really enjoy it. And then we took to ride on the Platte Valley trolley. How did you like that little trip? I really enjoyed it. Um, it's a former Melbourne streetcar, and it quite reminded me of the Seattle waterfront streetcar that used to run in Seattle um, for many years until that um, quit running about five or six years ago. So it was a, yeah. it was a very nice um, 1.3-mile trip um, and a perfect way yeah. to start the my summer holiday in Colorado. Yes, and of course you get to see the sights along the ride. So you get to see Isvis Park, and you get to see Mile Denver Stadium with the World Champion Denver Broncos play. And uh, oh, it's just it was a delightful trip. So from there we drove down through more traffic because we love traffic, don't we, Elizabeth? <laughs> and we ended up at the Pikes Peak Historical Streetcar Line which only had one volunteer here this day, so they couldn't run their train, which was kind of a sad thing, but we would make do later on, as we would find out. So anyway, we this time I kind of walked all over the place here, people. I mean, I did the usual shots in the you know, ex-Rock Island car barn, but this time with the all the SEPTA cars in the back, I walked around the back of the building and had access to them for the first time. So I shot all of them, and then I got to see the Friends of the Cumbersome Totex little tent where they're restoring a tourist sleeping car. So 
That was really nice. What did you think of that place? I was really impressed. Uh, I hadn't really known much about it beforehand, and um, it was incredible little museum inside, um, as well as the former Rock Island Roundhouse. So you know, it was it was really great. Yeah. And, of course, they have some other cars outside. They have a Rock Island uh, baggage car that they have displays in, and they have the guy showed us his caboose, which was kind of kind of nice. So from there, we drove south, and we got to Walsenburg, where we, of course, stopped at an A&W, and all had root beer, and some people had their lunches, etc., etc. And I have another call here. Let me see who this is. Good morning. Welcome to the Let's Talk Train Show. The amazing Chris Gensler. It's so good to hear your voice. I hear you're giving the big report for the NRHS convention. Yeah. Hi, Skip. Uh, hey, uh, I, I don't know where you're at in the convention. I'll be glad to give you some input if you want some. On okay, some I will, have. but can't. we got to get to the convention first. We're two days away. So I'm going to put oh, okay. you back on right. hold, Skip, and then well, I'll bring wait, you back no, on. Just tell me. How many? How many minutes? I'll call back in to, uh, to another ten. Okay, minutes. give me about five. Five minutes. I'll call you back. Okay. Okay. Thanks, thanks. Skip. Bye, bye. Bye. That was Skip Waters who helped put on this whole convention. So he's going to call back in about five minutes, so we can continue on. So after we did that, we found the Walsenburg Station and Rio Grande Caboose, which was kind of cool. Did you enjoy that little stop? Yes, I did. Okay, Definitely. so then we we drove from there to La Veta. In La Veta, we had kind of one of these other surprises of the trip where we found this freight train with three of the New Jersey Transit ex-passenger engines pulling it. So, I mean, it was just sitting there begging to take pictures of, so we all took pictures of it. Then, of course, you have the La Veta State, Rio Grande Station there. That's now the police department. And the uh, water tower. And then, of course, we went up the hill and we shot the dikes on the mountain. And from there, we drove on over to uh, Alamosa. And, uh, no, first we went to Blanca, where we did some ghost railroading of the two engines of the former San Luis and Southern. That's right. Then we drove to Alamosa, and you got a picture of that. Uh, I've got it here of that Rio Grande uh, 460-169. That's on display there with the B1 car. And then we got you over to the Minnesota Zephyr dinner train equipment, the engines, and that Carolina Southern engine. And so then we stayed that night at the uh, Roadway Roadway Inn. Inn. Yeah, so how did you like that particular day, Elizabeth? It was excellent. Um, I had never... Basically, apart from one weekend trip to to Colorado in 2007, it, this was my first real trip to Colorado. So it was all new, and I I enjoyed it a lot. Well, it was like Robin. It was all new to him. He just soaked it in and loved all of it. Yeah. Okay, so the next morning, people, we got up, and now we're going to do something I had never done before. 
On my other two trips on the Converse and Toltec, we went east to west, west to east. So this time I decided let's ride east to west. So the four of us all drove down to, you know, Antonito, and we picked up our tickets. And Chris, I I bought Chris his ticket, so his Christmas present. And Robin and I got comped tourist class tickets and you got you bought your uh, coach ticket but we could always all meet out in the open car and that's where we basically spent most of the time I think in the 8 hour trip I spent exactly 22 minutes in my seat so not bad but you know it's an incredible trip on the Converse and Toltec this trip was very Unique because uh, I thought the lighting of the train was good as we went all the way across it. Not, not too many shadows and just a real nice trip. Now, for your first trip, what did you think of it? Well, this was one of the highlights of the whole um, my whole week. It was again, obviously, my first time riding it, and I was just—it was incredible. All the views and the different views over the eight-hour trip. Uh, all of it was absolutely fantastic, and you know, being able to have um, not just stay out in the open car, which is one of my, which is my preferred place to ride anyway, being able to go through the car and just um, stand on the platform right behind the steam engine, just yeah. having the whole, you know, the whole ambiance of that, the smells, the sounds, and just yeah, I was in, it was fantastic. You were in heaven. Yep. I was. It doesn't get any better than that. Now, folks, we had the mud hand engine on the point of the train only as far as Ozer because they did not think the mud hand could handle the 10-car train down to Chama, down that 4% grade. So when we got over to Ozer, they had the other engine off the eastbound train going around the balloon track. And then our engine cut off, it went around the balloon track. And then our new engine hooked up onto us, and we went into Ozer. But the our old engine, now the mud hen, it went back, it hooked onto the eastbound train, so there was no changing of trains this time. You stayed on the same train. You just had a different engine. So for Elizabeth, she got two steam engines for the price of one, which had to make which, you very happy. Oh, it did, very much so. Yeah, so we had a real nice trip coming back down, and then we took the bus. That took the you know fifty minutes to get you back to the car. When we stopped at the Alamosa Rio Grande station for Elizabeth, then we stopped at the La Lajar station. Where I gassed up the car for uh, Elizabeth, and then we went back to the roadway in for that next night. So that was a definite highlight day for you. Yes, it was. Okay. So from there, the next morning we, oh, this was interesting. We came to the road construction on Highway 17, and we get stops. I get by all the trucks, and we drive down a little bit, and this other guy stops us again, and guess what comes back by us? All the other trucks. So we are losing time like crazy here. Once we got past all those other trucks, 
for the second time. We made our way back over to uh, Saluda, where we stopped at the McDonald's. And then we drove the shortest way we could into Cripple Creek. Well, we missed the 10 o'clock train, I believe it was, but we got there in time for the 10.50 train, if I'm not mistaken. And what was nice about the 10.50 train, it was the other engine I had never ridden behind. So that was good for me. So we made our little trip on the Cripple Creek and Victor Railroad here. And it had changed since I rode it back in 2008, I think it was, or nine, one of those years, that they don't go all the way into Victor anymore. The gold mine up there has expanded onto the right-of-way, so the gold mine built them a new Y track. So I did get a little bit of new Y, y mileage for me. And uh, how did you like that trip? I really enjoyed it. Um, it was unique. It was actually, um, well, no, I, never, I was going to say something, but I would be wrong. But, no, um, it, was, it was fun. It was unique. And um, what I really enjoyed at the midpoint of the trip, we, um, the train stopped and the engineer blew the whistle and the, um, it echoed off the hills. And he blew it three, four, five, and six times, and then we had the echo that many times. It was just, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's something they could not do too well on the Colorado Leadville later on. Right. <laughs> if I'm right, yeah. Yeah. That was the one where they tried it and it didn't work. <laughs> Let's see if we can get an echo, and I'm going, it won't be as good. <laughs> But that's what I know because they probably had the best echoing whistle I've ever heard. Yeah. So anyway, we went back to the um, Cripple Creek after the trip, and we went to the fudge shop, and got I got some uh, chocolate mint fudge. What kind of fudge did you get there? I got um, carrot cake and chocolate mint also. Okay, so you got a good variety there too. So then yeah, I, so I had to get you, some, something for Bob too. So. Yeah, so then I took you out and we got a couple more shots of the train, both of the trains. So that made you happy. Then mm-hmm. we went back into town and we found Chris and Robin, and we drove from there over to the Roundhouse, Colorado. Well, first we stopped at the Colorado Midland Tunnel, and then we took them to the Colorado Midland Roundhouse in Colorado Springs. Before we went to the no, that was after. That was that on was the awesome. other day. Yeah, we yeah. went to the Garden of the Gods next. We went to the Garden of the Gods, and again, it poured down rain on us, but we persevered. We waited, and then we got some really nice shots at the Garden of the Gods, and then from there we went to the Air Force Academy Chapel. I, Robin, no, that was that was that was the Friday. No, yeah, that's that was convention that was Friday. Friday. So from here we drove straight to Denver. That's right. See, it's all blurring to me now. Okay, so now we're going to be at the convention, and we're going to bring in Skip Waters. All right, good morning, Skip. We're about to start the convention. Great. I'll be glad to join in. Okay, so we're... So the next morning, I mean, the first thing we did when we went to Denver, we walked over to the hotel and got our packets, our convention 
tickets we needed and our ID badges, our safety vests, our radios, and uh, am I forgetting anything? I'm sure I am. Don't think I so. I think that's okay. And then we walked back to the Super 8 where we were staying for the first four nights. And then we would move over to the Quality Inn for the last two nights because Chris blew the reservations. But Elizabeth quickly fixed that problem. And, of course, the Super 8 at that, the Internet that that Super 8 was horrible. But once we got over the Quality Inn, it was much better. But it really didn't matter because TrainWebOrg went down during this period. And once they put it back up, they lost everything back to 2014. Oh my God. So I was not a happy camper. But by the time we got all the way back home, everything had been restored. So that was, I had to do reload everything, but it worked out okay. So the next morning we all met at the Holiday Inn, and we hosted bus number two on that day, I believe, right? Back it was number three. Number three, yeah, it was number three, and we loaded our passengers, and I gave a running commentary all the way down to Cannon City, which I think the passengers enjoyed, and then we got to Cannon City, and then the fun began, or the lack of fun for some people. Yes, lack of fun. Yeah, um, Mm -hmm. basically what happened, folks, was... The power of the sun dehydrated several of the women, including my good and dear friend Elizabeth. And the only cure for this is to get them well hydrated. So Elizabeth came came down first with it, then this other little girl came down with it. She had to be taken to the hospital and put have the IVs put into her. Elizabeth, I just rehydrated her with all the water she could stand to drink. And then as we were walking the people onto the train, a third woman who was in my car, she went down. We immediately got her attended to, got her water immediately. I then said, can you get onto the train where it's air-conditioned? She said yes, and we helped her up, and she walked onto the train, and then her husband with my help, got her rehydrated. So at this point now, Skip, you're up in the front dome car, right? Yep. Yeah. So all the other NRHS car bus hosts go to the front dome car. That left me with everybody else. Really? So, so basically, once I got Elizabeth rehydrated... I walked the train to make sure everybody else was okay, and everybody was, and then told people, you know, you can go into the open car, but, you know, make sure you get your lunch orders in first. And so the open car was empty when I got in there, except for one person. And he said, and I quote, I'm not riding this train to eat. I'm riding this train to see the scenery. Man, Uh, right off my own heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I told him, well, look, if you get hungry, you know you can where well, you can always get your food if you like. And he goes, oh, yeah, sure, Chris, no problem. So I walked back in there, and then we had our lunch as we were going through, and I had buffalo 
chicken wings, I think. And why we had dome seats, there were no dome seats available for us. We rode in the club car, and we were two happy campers. Uh, and uh, Robin enjoyed his trip in the dome car. Oh, I forgot to mention, we drove Chris Parker to the. I drove Chris Parker to the light rail to the A line station that morning. Put him on the airplane back to California. Yeah, I forgot about that. So he's on his way home while we're doing all this. And uh, it was a, just a real nice trip through the Royal Gorge. And then I went into the open car and shot pictures coming back as far as the high bridge. And then I just enjoyed the rest of the trip back. Got everybody on the bus who was supposed to be on my bus. And then we hightailed it back to Denver. So, Elizabeth, how did you like the Royal Gorge? I really enjoyed it. Um, Once I felt better and had recovered... I'm glad the windows of the club car were so large because I was able to take photographs out of the, out of the windows and not miss any of it. But then after lunch, I spent the whole rest of the time in the open car, and it was just fantastic being so close, to, uh, being in the gorge, being so close to the river and the rafters, and just enjoying the whole ambiance and scenery and everything else. And of course, with the train being led by F units, I'm rather partial to E units and F units. So I just had a fantastic afternoon. And, That's good. Um, I'm, I'm really glad I was able to do it because there was no way I was going to wait at the station and you know, and not not ride this train. No, I wasn't going to let you do that. If I had to carry you onto that train, I knew <laughs> you were going to be on that train. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. Chip, what and, did you think of the Royal Gorge train? Uh, it's a beautiful trip. I recommend it to anybody that goes to Colorado to ride trains. Uh, my my encounter was um, I met everybody at the uh, Royal Gorge and and as the buses rolled in, and Chris is right, people started dropping like flies from the heat exhaustion. Uh, we I heard we we accommodated uh, every paramedic or ambulance in that small town to come out and help with people. But as Chris said, uh, only one girl ended up having to go to the hospital. Uh, the president of the NHS stayed with her. He missed the trip too, so he's a hero. And uh, everybody else got on. The trip itself is is quite beautiful. If there's a trip to to be done in Colorado, besides all the fantastic experiences Chris has already shared, this is definitely one of them. It's worth your money. It's worth your time. Um, Even if you don't get a dome seat, which is very nice, uh, that outdoor car is breathtaking. And uh, we saw rafters. We saw goats or rams or whatever, uh, mountain goats. I don't know what you want to call it. And... uh, it's just a beautiful trip. There's really much else to say except uh, to do it if you ever get a chance. Yeah, folks, let me just make a point. When I did that trip for the first time, they put me in the dome dome seat, okay? And so I'm going, okay, this is okay. But then on the westbound trip, I rode in the open car. And don't pay the money for the dome. Just pay the money for the coach ticket and ride in the open car both ways. Yeah, that's, that's where the, the beauty and the fun is. Is the open car? I agree with you, Chris. I agree. Yeah, because I got the one picture of all our NRHS members out in that open car. It's pretty hilariously funny. They've got their cameras going every which way but loose. (laughs) (laughs) A good bunch of people. So then the next day, folks, we we were paying passengers for this next one, 
It was the NRHS uh, commuter rail, light rail commuter rail tour. And um, basically, how this worked was we got bused down to Union Station. And the convention literature said you'd take the A-line down to Union Station, but okay, fine. We got bused down to Union Station, so I got to see the new bus underground terminal. And then we uh, came up the ground, and probably... When I got on the train, I realized what was the RTA thinking. Because why would you assign a wrapped car to a bunch of people you are taking on a tour of your system where you could not shoot out the side windows? Ah. So the RTA person was on the train. I asked him about it, and he said, oh, my God, we didn't think. I said, thank you so much. So basically, in order to take the pictures for my story, I would go to the back door of the train and shoot my pictures that way, which worked out okay. So we went up the line. Well, first we left about 30 minutes late. So I knew later on that would cause problems. So we took the line out to Golden first, and that line was quite interesting. It actually ran on the old Denver into Urban right away for quite a while. And we uh, came out to the – came out and we went by before we went up to the government center, stop up there, and uh, – we passed the interurban barn of the Colorado Intermountain 25 car. It's a little quarter-mile track it runs on. And then we made our way out to Government Center out there where we did a bathroom stop and everything else. So we came back into, came down that line back to the southwest line connection, southwest and the southeast line that comes up to Union Station. And then we went down the southwest line all the way down to Littleton Mineral. And then, so I got off, I shot some pictures, I found a place to use the bathroom for myself. And then I got back on the train and the operator said, well, if anybody wants some rare mileage, stay on the train, we're going to go down further. So I said, Green Elizabeth, let's do it. So we got on the train. The problem with this was we got stuck behind some other equipment. So our nice little 25-minute stop here turned into almost an hour stop here. So I'm thinking, okay, you kill an hour here, you're going to have to cut something off from the trip. Now, right now, we already know we can't go into downtown Denver because there was a gas main leak. So that meant we probably would not go out to Lone to Lone Tree. So anyway, we finally escaped that, came back, picked everybody up, and we went all the way out to the end of the southeast line, where it was announced that, ladies and gentlemen, due to the time constraints, we would not be able to do the other line we were going to do today. So, you know, and it was like 
a three-minute trip up to that place and a three-minute trip back. So we came back to Union Station, and basically, okay, I'll have to come back and do a trip to Denver once I get it all open and do it all, you know, do that line another time. So then we came back to Union Station, and Elizabeth and I, we walked up to the platform where we saw the three private cars that came into Denver for the convention and then uh, shot some of the trains. And then we went and had butterscotch ice cream, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Me too. And then I then I learned from the uh, RTA person there that to run the 2.30 train at 3 o'clock... They had to get a waiver from the FRA. Really? Wow. Yeah. Because supposedly their trains are assigned a particular time to go, and if they don't do that, then they have to get the FRA involved. That's kind of weird, but whatever. Mm. So then we got on that train, and we rode it up to the airport. And that was a nice ride. I really enjoyed that. And then at the airport, we went up to the... Escalator up to the top and shot some pictures looking down on it, and then we uh, came back down the elevator because Elizabeth does not like escalators. And we came down and back to the platform, shot some more pictures, and then we got on that same four-car train that left before the rest of the group came back to the Park Avenue station, walked across the street where the bus driver says, "Where's everybody else?" And then he says. They're going to be on the next train. And he says, oh, I'll take you back to the hotel. So we went back to the hotel, and that ended that unique NRHS trip. So, Elizabeth, wow. your comments on that. Well, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it was a, I had, you know, we all had the ability to ride all the various light rail lines, and, you know, I know, I know there were a couple of issues, but, you know, we just took those in stride and um, had a great time, a great day of riding light rail and adding to our miles. Yep. Now, Skip, what did you do that day? Well, I, I had to stay back at the hotel and um, meet the AV guy and get things ready for the uh, council meeting, board meeting, and general meeting. So, uh, So that was my day off. Okay. I did not do it. But it's interesting oh. to hear your report because I didn't know all that went on with all the yeah. I did hear about the, the rap car and I heard all the complaints about that. That that is a disappointing uh yeah. situation, but uh, you know, I don't Yeah, but nothing we could do about it. You get what they give yeah. you and it was just a poor right. choice by the R T D to give us that. Yeah. Like you said, you'd think they would have paid more attention or somebody would have, but I guess you got what you got when you got it. Yeah, you got what car. you got, and you had to do it. At least we didn't get the wrap car on the A train, yeah. <laughs> A-line train. That would have been like, right. oh, good grief. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, right. it was a nice Sounds good nice so far. Trip. Okay, so the next day, we're going to do the Georgetown Loop and the Colorado Railroad Museum. Now, Skip got us as the bus host on the... Chase bus up to Georgetown. So we left a half an hour early before everybody else, and we headed to the Georgetown Loop. And we went to the Devil's Gate station, and we parked the bus, and then people went wherever they wanted to to shoot their pictures. I took anybody who wanted to get the 
sunny side shot, let's say, of the bridge. I gave them two locations they could shoot from. They could shoot down at the bike trail, or they could shoot up on the hill where I was going to be. And we got people up to the hill, and we had a good group of about 20 down below and about 15 of us up on the top. And then we saw the train come across the high fill, and then we knew, okay, 15 minutes or so it will come by us, and it came by us, and then we all made it back down to the bus and went to Georgetown. I mean, went to Silver Plume. Where Silver Plume, they had the 111 engine out where we could get pictures of it. So that was really nice of them. And everything else was made available to the NRHS members who what they wanted to shoot. And then we all got on the train and rode the train around the loop. And then we got everybody back onto the chase bus. And then we drove down the highway to a scenic viewpoint where Skip and I led the way, Skip followed, and Elizabeth stayed with the people who didn't want to walk down the path, and everybody got their shots. And So let's talk about this part of it first. Elizabeth, what did you think of your first trip on the Georgetown Loop and on the chase bus? Well, as, as with all other train trips, I... Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it was unique to be on the chase bus, and um, if I may say, that's where you skip. You coined me as the Zephyret, which which is going to stick and already has stuck, and I love it. <laughs> okay, that's great. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, no, the whole trip was excellent. Uh, it was actually my second time at riding behind West Side Lumber Shay Number Nine because that had come from Mount Pleasant, Iowa, and I'd ridden that. Um, a number of years ago with Bob. Yeah, so, that's where I rode it my first time, too. But I didn't mind that I was riding behind the same steam engine again. Uh, I just had a wonderful time and such a unique railroad with the uh, with the loop and everything else. And um, it, was, it was a fantastic trip, and I'm glad I was um, part of the chase bus. Very good. Skip, your thoughts? Well, uh... This chase bus came out of uh, comments and requests from previous conventions. When we announced the Denver uh, <clears throat> convention, they said, uh, if you do Georgetown Loop, we want the opportunity to take pictures of the train that we normally would not be able to. If you go ride the train today, you would go to Silver Plume or Georgetown or, or Devil's Gate, as you call it, station. <laughs> ride the train. You get your shots off the train. When you get to the other end, then you got you could um, get off, or maybe you can get off somewhere in between to one of the mine tours. But you don't get you don't get the opportunity to get up on the freeway up high and and shoot the train because well it's a freeway unless you pulled over. And it's quite dangerous up there. So so we put together a photo chase bus we call it. As Chris said, we left early. We got to the Georgetown Depot first. We we're able to get shots as it pulled out of that station and crossed the bridge or. Or maybe they, it's coming into the station. It's coming down. We got it maybe yeah. coming down. Okay, we got it coming down, which uh, normally would not get that opportunity. Then we went over to Silver Plume, as Chris said, jumped on the train, rode the train to the other side, uh, took in all those sights, rode the train back. Very fun ride, as they all said. And then the real fun began. Um, yeah. First of all, <laughs> the plan, the plan, 
continued to evolve the minute we left the hotel that morning because we, we had a plan, but as more input came in, we you changed the plan. And thanks to Chris and Elizabeth, and uh, Elizabeth, yes, we coined her the Zephyrette because she kept helping with the water and helping with the, you know, the little things we needed done. And I was just like, man, you're just like a Zephyrette. You're just taking care of things. Take care of customers. I love it. So Thank you. You're welcome. So, so our final plan was half the people, this, you know, this is high altitude now. This is Colorado. We're, you know, mile high city. We're now a mile and higher in Georgetown. So uh, some people can walk this path. And other people can't, but everybody wanted a shot from high up the, the freeway. So we pulled over to the service stop, and Chris's brilliant idea was, Skip, I'll lead him down the path. And I said, great, because I'm going to follow to make sure everybody stays, because once you go that path, you're committed. And then Elizabeth, our Zephyrette, said, well, we're going to stay up here, and we'll get our shots up here, because there were shots up there at the uh, pull-off. It just wasn't right up on the, the bridge. And it all worked out. Once uh, once the train came around, everybody got their shots. Elizabeth loaded their team. They went on down to the to the Georgetown Depot area. Chris and I, we led our team. We walked them back down the path, down to the bottom. We all got on, and then we headed over to the Colorado Road Museum. Yep. Good time had by all. Yeah, good time was had by all. I mean, everybody on that bus, I said, did everybody get their shots they wanted? And it was all, oh, yes. Yeah. They did, yeah, and it was well they, worth it. They they kept asking me when we designed this trip, are you sure they're going to get their extra $15 worth or 30 or whatever they paid? I said, trust me, they're going to get it. We're going to give them the oh, shots yeah. they want, and they got and it. My, so. And my shot of the train leaving on that bridge is on my calendar. Great, great. great so great. you're going to yeah, enjoy that, was, that, that one, Elizabeth. Okay, so then we went to the Colorado Railroad Museum, and the only problem we had there was no drinks. <laughs> but the chicken yeah, was out. good. The chicken was good. So yeah. Elizabeth and I, we decided we would ride the train, so we had to watch the train go by us once, twice, and three times. So the third time we get on the train, we go around once, twice, and we stop. And I'm going... Hmm. Some of these maths not right, but that was okay. So then oh I really? Took, you you got gypped on a on a two two trainer? Yeah, yeah. We only did trainer? two. Yeah, we oh, only did okay. two, but no no big deal there. So okay. anyway, we uh, then set up. Well, we shot some stuff while they were loading that train, and then we ended up by the one crossing. We got our train there. Then we quickly shot some more shots. And then we got over by the No Aqua water tank and shot him there. And then when he's making his loop, we ended up on that southeast corner and shot him there. And then got told we couldn't shoot pictures from there after we had, so it was okay. Then we shot everything else, and then we got on the bus and went back to the hotel where, as we crossed the UP yard, we saw our first glimpse First, got our first shots of the UP-844 in its rebuilt condition. Yay! That was fun. Elizabeth, what did you think of the Colorado Railroad Museum? Well, I really enjoyed it. I mean, this was the one place I had been in Colorado um, 
nine years ago, ten years ago. Um, but things had changed a little bit. And But when I had been there before, um, the steam engine had not been running. So it was my first time riding behind 346. And so it was just a great afternoon and a great way to cap off a fantastic uh, convention day. Mm-hmm. Skip? Uh, I, I, this is my, wasn't my first time, but visiting the museum was the first time with this convention. And, uh, um, I didn't get to see all the exhibits at this point. I was busy working on that water problem, the lack of drinks mm-hmm. once I got there. And, um, but I did get one highlight that, that, that I'll cherish. And that is, um, after most of the people got on the bus and went on back for the last bus, it was also my job to make sure the people that won the cab rides through the silent auction. I had to make sure they got on the train all the way to the end. Well, it turns out uh, we had a little extra time, and we completed all our cab rides. And so I'm like, well, you know, turning my head, looking back and forth. If nobody's looking, I got on the cab, and I I got to ride the 346 for its last triple run of the end of the day uh, in the cab. So I thought that was a super treat, and – um, I did a I did a video I think of it. Uh, I, it's not posted though. I need to post it anyway. So I got to do that. So I got to ride in the cab at 3:46, and that's a super nice crew. Uh, they're super friendly. Uh, the whole museum is actually pretty friendly, and um, you know I got to walk around and see a few things, but uh, I didn't do as much as I did the previous time because yeah. of work in the convention. Yeah. Okay. Now Friday morning we got up early and we drove down to Manitou Springs and we shot the Manitou Pikes Peak engine that's on display there. And then we went to the Pikes Peak station and got our parking pass, picked up our tickets. And we're on the train. So finally the train comes back. The train comes down, goes back, comes down, stops, comes back and finally comes into the station. So we get on the train. Well, I get on this train, and I'm sitting there, and Elizabeth's next to me, and Robin's next to her, and so we're thinking we get a great thing. All of a sudden, this family comes out and sits across from us, and this guy says, Mr. Chris? And I go, who are you? And he goes, Mr. Navarro. And I'm going, oh, my God, what are the odds? That they could be in Colorado the same time I'm in Colorado, Right, be right. on this train the same time I'm on this train and being seated at the one open seat that's across from me. It's pretty magical. Yeah, it was magical. So we had a good time. Of course, Sophia slept most of the way up to the top, but that was okay. I have a picture of her sleeping. So that just meant more pictures of people at the top of this. So we went up it, and uh, it was my third time, second time to the top, the other time we didn't make it to the top, but we won't get into that right now, and we got up to the top, and then I did something, I did did the last time I was, but more extent, I did the 360 around the top of the mountain, and then looking down on the guard, and then I made sure we got pictures of everybody, you know, at the summit sign, and so then we took the train back down, and I had a donut up there too. And then we went to the roundhouse of the Colorado Midland and then went to the Pikes Peak Historical Streetcar again. And this Sunday we could get a ride, so we got Elizabeth got a ride there. 
Then we went to the Air Force Academy and did that. Then we hit more traffic coming back to Denver, so I got off the highway, went by most of it, and then found a way to get back on the highway after it had cleared. And then we went back to the hotel, and that night we went to the banquet where Ed Dickens did his complete program with the rebuilding of the 844, which was fascinating. Elizabeth. Well, this was another highlight of the whole week for me. Again, um, a, a first for me, and it was just incredible. Um, in the same vein with the Cumbers and Toltec Scenic, the variety of, or the, the varying the variety in scenery, um, starting out from Manitou Springs, going all the way up above the tree line to Pikes Peak and actually getting to the summit on my first trip. Uh, just absolutely breathtaking and incredible. Uh, especially all the views, and I, you know, I walked around a lot of it um, up at the summit as well, and it was just absolutely fantastic views, and I thoroughly en- enjoyed the trip up and back. Okay, how about the Pikes Peak little trippy we made? Yes, that's, um, that was excellent as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you enjoyed the Air Force Academy? Um, I actually didn't really go into the Air Force Academy. Um, the I had to go to the bathroom, and it was a bit funny because um, both Chris and I, and I'm sure lots of other listeners, watch NCIS. And so I had to be escorted into one of the Air, um, Army Air Force, the Air Force buildings, which happened to be a JAG office. Um, and the fellow who escorted me, um, his name was Gibbs. And, of course, that is the um, character named Leroy Jethro Gibbs in NCIS. So that was my little thing at the Air Force Academy. Okay. So then the next morning we met Skip, and we went out to chase the UP-844. And, Skip, you want to talk about that one? Sure. Uh, It was Chris's brilliant idea that, uh, uh, hey, man, why don't we go – or you wanted to go see the A44 and its departure, and I, I thought, what a great opportunity to test out um, one of the chase uh, routes for the chaser bus on that Sunday because that was one of our programs. So I agreed, and uh, and then Chris and the Zephyret said, uh, you know what, let's join you, and I said that's a great idea. So we we drove out there that morning at what seven o'clock, and yeah. um, got in our position. We got just At north Yates of the I-70. That's what the name of the street was? Okay. Yeah. So we all jumped out. I jumped on Facebook Live at that point and tried to bring it live. That was my first attempt with Facebook Live, and it, and it seemed to work. If anybody wants to see these Facebook Live videos of 844, uh, um, you know, look up Skip Waters on Facebook. Uh, my, my call number is facebook.com forward slash WGCrush. And you'll have to scroll down my timeline, ignore all my personal shenanigans, but uh, you'll see uh, that video, and um, we caught it. We caught it to parking Denver. Boy, it was big. It was magnificent. Big wheels, big steam. There was about at least 30, 35 rail fans at that particular intersection, and uh, we watched it depart. From there, um, Chris and the Zephyrant quickly jumped into the car. I kept the Facebook Live going. Um Elizabeth said hello to the rail fans that are watching. Chris gave his little report where to watch all this stuff, and we proceeded to uh, chase the train. Well, we we got up to north of the city, north of the tollway area, 
and hesitant. Um, okay, all right. And then um, we we pulled over. We were way ahead of the the locomotive because we were following it on the UP uh, app, and um, so um, I dropped Chris and Elizabeth off at some point that they were going to get it. I drove further back south to catch it and um, sat and waited. And you can see this on the video. And here comes a train at, you know, what, Chris, 50, 60 miles an hour? I mean, it looked like 60 miles an hour track speed. Right. And I got a running start and, boom, got me about, you know, 12 seconds or 15 seconds of good pacing shots of this thing just blowing by at speed. I mean, it was hauling. And, uh, of course, I passed Elizabeth and Chris in a flash and, and went on ahead north a little bit and then came back and got, got them, and that was it. It was just a, a two-hit chase, and, uh, but it was very exhilarating, lots of fun. And uh, what was your experience? Well, we set up at the, the Hazleton north end of the siding by the box, and uh, it was incredible watching him come by me, and that shot's on the calendar, too, for next year. Great. Yeah, and I know, Elizabeth, you loved that, didn't you? Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, obviously it was something we hadn't expected to do and hadn't planned, and then when it all came together, it was just fantastic. And it was yeah, just one, wonderful to see the steam engine running again. Yes, so. it was. And of yeah, course, one of my uh, favorite folks, activities is chasing steam like that. Mine too. Now, folks, being good NRHS bus hosts, we knew we had to get back because we were going to do the Leadville train today. Right. So we got back to the hotel, and then they decided to run the buses all the way across the mountains and then go through Minturn and over Tennessee Pass to get to Leadville. Right. And it was like, okay, uh, okay, well, this will be a good history lesson for people who don't know about the Rio Grande line through there. So I gave a little running commentary as we went by, of course. And then we get over to Leadville, and their train had just come in. And so, you know, I'm busy getting the car numbers for the story. And then, of course, I lost that piece of paper. But then, too, I went back to my other story, and guess what? It's the same consist. So that was cool. So I didn't lie or anything. And then we took the trip, and uh, we went. We were only the fourth train ever to go to where we took that train, which was actually almost about a hundred feet from the end of track. Right. And then we came back to the tank, water tank, and did the double photo run by there. And Steve Barry and I worked with the train crews, and then Steve said, Chris, you go up, I'll stay down for the first run by, and then I'll come up and join you. I said, perfect. Right. And then Elizabeth came up, and she got her shots, I got my shots, and we all were happy campers. And then we came back to Denver and just missed the 844. It was about 10 miles north when we came across that bridge, and but all in all, it was a very good convention, I thought. Elizabeth? Well, that's not the end of it. Well, I know. Well, that but was the end of it for us. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. No, um, so, so. the Leadville trip was the, the last highlight of the convention. It was my last day of my trip anyway. 
but again, another new um, excursion train for me, and just it was just fantastic. Again, always in the open cars, and um, just had a had a wonderful time taking lots of pictures. Altogether, I took 23 rolls of film, and yes, I still take film. Wow. I'm proud to say I still use film. Um, but just being out in the open car, enjoying everything, getting that extra mileage almost to the end of the track, um, it was just just fantastic and a wonderful way to finish off my um, week's holiday in Colorado. Okay. Skip, can you give me like a two-minute thing yeah, about the Chase bus? Yeah, I'll wrap it up for you. Real quick about Leadville. First of all, thank you, Chris and Elizabeth. Y'all were great hosts, and and y'all did a great job uh, in helping with the success of the NRHS convention. I hope to see y'all again in Nashville next year. I'll be in Nashville Uh, for sure. Okay. So, um, uh, uh, Leadville, the only thing I have to add to that was, you're right, that was the fourth time we got to the end of the line. The owner was out there taking pictures with his big dog when we got there, and, uh, the only thing I would tell you is if you ever ride that line yourself, you want to ride the caboose. The caboose is worth the extra money. It's very relaxing. You, 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 get, to, you, you get to see the track going up, and then you get to ride on the rear coming back, and it's worth it. The next place, I guess, would be the cab of the engine. But, you know, it's noisy. It's loud. It's dirty. Uh, rode there, too, and, and that's fun. But it's not as comfortable as the caboose. That's the only thing I tell you. The last event was Sunday. Um, the UPA 44 pulled the uh, Frontiers train that weekend, and, and the NRHS was trying to get the, the deadhead moved back on Sunday. Well, uh, UP corporate, for whatever reason, decided uh, that wasn't going to be able to happen. So the next best thing was we put together a chase bus. We got 50 of our favorite rail fans that paid the ticket uh, to get on a, a motor coach bus, and we were going to attempt to chase a mainline steam locomotive. Can you imagine that? Well, we did it, and thanks to a lot of help. Ed Dickens of the UP Railroad uh, worked with us, gave us an on a, a number to call on the train to help work with him to let him know where we were at. But it, it actually all worked out. We didn't have to use that much. The first big break was we wanted to do a, a departure shot, and everybody else, all the other heads said, no, we won't have time. We'll lose the train. So Ed Dickens says, why don't you come in the yard? So the bus got to go in the UP yard. We got down. We got all our shots in the yard. Shot one. Shot two was the one that Chris and Elizabeth helped me with. And um, the bus went on up, got into position just north of the, uh, the tollway up there, and we got our second shot at speed. The, the next shot was uh, an iffy shot, but the train had a meet with a, 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 a double stack train, which slowed it down greatly. So our next shot was at Gilcrest. The, the bus was able to stop, get people off. The next shot uh, that we thought we were going to have to go past Greeley where the service stop was, but then there was another delay in LaSalle. LaSalle had a, uh, a railroad crossing that was uh, not working right, so the train had to slow down. Because of that, the bus was able to catch up with, with the chase pack, and then with the help of Steve Barry and myself in independent cars on the ground, and I'm sorry, fellow rail fans, but we maneuvered the traffic to allow the bus to get to the head of the chase line, and therefore they were able to get pacing shot of 844 crossing the 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 the, the, the river there, Ville Platte River, whatever the river is, South Platte yeah, River. South Platte River. Uh, okay, so so that bus got. Can you imagine a 55 passenger motor coach 
casing an 848 mainline steam locomotive. Well, I'm telling you, it happened. And then the train went into Greeley, got a service stop. The bus went on up to Alt, got set up, got the last shot. So amazingly, we thought we were only going to get two shots. We got five shots with that motor coach bus, and everybody was super happy. So I got more face. I did more Facebook Live. Those videos again are on my Facebook page if you want to see it. So that's it. That was great. Thank you, Chris. Oh yeah. Now we're about to lose the stream. Let me see if we can keep going here. Okay. Okay. Well, I was trying to okay. Talk so Recording we can... left. That's not good. But I'm not going to end the episode yet. Oh, see okay. if we can keep going just for the people listening. Okay, for the archive now, people. Yeah, okay. For the archive people, I think we can keep going, so we will. Yeah. So anyway, right. the next morning I drove it. I'm done, Skip. Do you want to hang around or you want to just keep listening? No, I want to go. I want to, I want to give one thing. I'm down here in the Dallas streetcar line. It has been extended today. Today was a celebration, and that's what I've been trying to juggle calling you and, and doing. So I, I just wanted to say uh, – uh, uh, Hip Hip Array for Dart Light Rail, the streetcar line has been extended to the Bishop's Art District. So I'm going to go ride the streetcar now. Okay? Okay. All right. Have fun. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye, Elizabeth. Bye, Skip. Bye. Okay. There he goes. All right. So now the next morning we drove Elizabeth back to the airport, to the train to the airport, and we kept going. And uh, we ended up down in uh, Trinidad where we shot the steam engine down there and the cars and the steamroller. And we shot the freight house. And then we waited for the Southwest Chief to come. We shot the Southwest Chief coming into Trinidad. And then we shot it at Starksville, at the Galenus, along the highway bridge, at uh, along the highway up the uh, Wooten Ranch. And then into Rattan, we got ahead of it and got him at the first first uh, semi-four signals we could find. Went into Las Vegas. Robin got himself some lunch while I gassed up the car. We shot the steam engine in Las Vegas, and then we head, headed down to Bernal, New Mexico. We shot him there, coming through more semi-fours. We left him there. We went to Glorieta. We then uh, went down to Madrid and shot the steam engine that's fronts in the theater. From there, we went through another bad thunderstorm, got east of Mountaineer where we caught a couple BNSF trains, shot the Mountaineer Depot, went to uh, west, caught another eastbound train, went to the east end of Abel Canyon, Caught one more train, went into Berlin for the depot, the Harvey House, and the M190 display, and spent that night in Grants. Next morning, we got up, shot some more trains on over into New Mexico, western New Mexico. Then went to the Petrified Forest, shot shot everything there, so you can see that on the stories. And then from there we went to um oh, da, 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 da. we went in the Winslow again, had lunch and then went down, got our picture standing with the standing in the corner in Winslow, Arizona statue. 
went to Flagstaff. There was a big accident in the pouring rain where the I-25 takes off. We got by there, fought the weather the rest of the way over to Seligman, decided I'm getting off this freeway. It was People were driving too crazy. So we went down the old 66 and probably one of the neatest pictures I shot. I have a picture of us looking back with a truck and the sky just completely black. And that shows people what we came through. Then in Pete Springs, we caught a train, and then we caught him in Coaser Canyon. Elizabeth helped with the reservation for needles. We got over the needles where it was 119 when we got there. Next morning, got up. It was about 104 in the morning. We went to McDonald's, had breakfast, and then drove along the track, drove Old 66 all the way over to Ludlow, and then drove the rest of the way back to Huntington Beach, dropped Robin off, and then I came home. Elizabeth, you wanted to tell them about you coming home. Okay. Well, once Chris, well, once you dropped me um, off at the station, I took the train, the A-line train, back into Denver Union or Denver Airport and uh, checked in for my flight on Frontier back to Seattle. And it was just an, an easy, on-time flight. Um, Bob met me at Seattle SeaTac Airport, drove home, um, told him all about the trip, and unpacked, did laundry, and relaxed, and got ready to go back to work the next day. So, what was your total impression of the whole NRHS trip? I've, it was excellent. Um, I've been to about half a dozen or so conventions um, in previous years, and I really enjoyed it. Um, while this wasn't one that um, Bart Jennings had been involved in, um, unlike the last three or four, I still had an f- excellent time, and it was all new for me, so um, that made it extra special. Fantastic. So I, had a, I had a fantastic time. Okay. Well, folks, that's going to be the end of this show, so I'm going to play that wonderful show close. Which one do I play, one or two? I don't know. I'm I think play it's called Show Close. There's two of them here. Oh. So we'll try we'll try this one. That's the one I like. So anyway, folks, this has been the America Passenger Trains Let's Talk Train Show. And we wanted to thank you all for listening. We gave you a little bit more today because I have nothing else to do. Sometimes you plan these things, and sometimes they go right, and sometimes they go a little long. And this one went long, but I don't think anybody's going to care. So you take care of yourself, people. Elizabeth and I will say goodbye to you. Take good care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.